Hey everyone, it's Amy. I know it's been like a very long time since I decided to record an episode. Um, I've been just doing a lot of family things. Um, a lot with the grandkids. Uh, just spending time. We ended up doing the beach like every weekend the last couple weeks. So I think my husband and I are completely beached out. <laughs> um... But sometimes I have to kind of sit back and take a break, um, especially now that August hit. Um, I feel like every month there's a reason for me to feel like, wow, this is gonna, this is hard because, you know, when it comes to my oldest um, being gone. Uh, honestly, just every day for the last two years and 11 months is hard, like every day. Um, it, it feels like every day is harder than the next. I don't feel this lightening part of grief yet that you know, other grieving mothers talk about, you know, um, some say it may take like 10 years. I honestly don't know how I'll be able to live through this for another (laughs) seven years because I think it's just slowly killing me. Um, but one of the reasons why I really wanted to do an episode is because I found out some information and it just got me to thinking um, and and looking for signs, you know, um, going back through Jace's things and his journals and just everything that he kept that I ended up keeping. Um, But going back to what I've said about August being hard, um, September 5th will be uh, three years since he's been gone. And um, August in particular is kind of like a difficult month that I think about when when I think back that when I think back to, you know, 2020, August of 2020, because um, trying to explain this in a way that will come through as not some sort of chaotic story because I really haven't started telling his actual story on here. And um, let's just say uh, that last month for him was probably, like, his most difficult. Like, the weeks leading up to his uh, um, murder was um, a roller coaster for, I think, all of us. And especially him, um, you know, he, he just really struggled and, um, he was in a really toxic, abusive relationship. Um, he was lied to and inevitably, um, part of the reason why 
he's no longer here is because of this relationship. Well, not partly, mostly, but, um, you know, that it's not a secret. I did talk about, you know, he struggled with, um, substance abuse. Uh, he didn't deny the fact that he was, um, a drug addict and that, you know, although he had his drug of choice, he would say openly and honestly, like, it didn't matter if I was going to get my hands on heroin or crack, I was going to do whatever because I am an addict. You know, he believed that, um, addicts should be honest about their sobriety and their clean time and like their, um, you know, just their fight that they go through. Um, he would tell me, you know, mom, people go to meetings and they'll sit there or stand up and, and say that they have X amount of months, weeks, years clean because they're not doing their drug of choice, but they're doing something else, you know? And he was like, that's not being clean to me. Like you're still doing a drug that you should not be putting in your body. <laughs> you know, I don't know how that works. Uh, you know, he definitely would get some criticism from his, um, you know, rehabilitation circle of friends at times for that, you know, uh, he really didn't have a problem calling people out on their sobriety or lacking thereof. Um, you know, he just felt like, you know, don't say that you're clean just because you're not, you know, smoking crack, but you're smoking meth or this or that, you know, like he just felt like, you know, <laughs> I guess everybody who struggles with um, substance abuse has a preferred substance. Um, but I guess if that preferred sub substance isn't available, they just will resort to, you know, a different high, I guess. You know, I mean, that's... Jace was really open and brutally honest um, with, like shit like everything I mean there were times where he'd be telling me stories and I'm like chill I'm your mother you're going to kill me you know and he would be like but mom I love you you're my best friend and you know I I have to tell you you know like I mean I guess that's good in a way but you know there are some stories I feel like I could have lived without knowing because it was like Jesus Christ when I die minus 20 years because like uh, you know um but I, I will say you know um it, it, that was a battle that was an eight-year battle that our whole family fought really I mean just because he was the one with the addiction you know it does affect everybody involved. I, I mean, especially family. And um, I know a lot of families feel like giving tough love is a way to help. But it really, I mean, it's just my opinion. I, I really do not believe in that because it's also a mental health issue, you know, that addicts go through. And um, <clears throat> tough love is, you know, uh, I just wouldn't resort to it, you know, these people with addiction are suffering 
with their mental health. They're suffering to feel like they have the will to live or a reason to live. They struggle with feeling loved, liked, you know, accepted. So um, I never believed in that. Uh, I, God, just, just tonight, like going through like different things and reading back. um, It's crazy how um, throughout those eight years, how different even it was. It was kind of like the eight-year transition and rehabilitation even changed. And I see it as I remember, you know, reading through Jesus journals. Um, you know, I remember one time, um, one of like in the beginning, a therapist saying that I was an enabler because, like, you know, I wouldn't kick him out or you know, uh, like, I still allowed him to have a cell phone, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, how's that enabling, you know, she, the therapist at the time said, well, you know, you gotta, they gotta hit rock bottom, and if they're living in your house, and, you know, you're, you're supporting it, and I'm like, it's, uh, you know, I just, you know, how difficult it is to hear somebody think they know what goes on in your house when they don't. It's like, all right, first of all, this is my child. Like, you are a therapist. You're trying to help us here. Like, please. Like, you know, you can never really put yourself in a situation until you're in the situation. I get it. But, you know, it wasn't easy. It's not like I was handing out money to Jace or, you know, giving him freedom to just do whatever. I mean, first of all, when he was actively using, always, it was like, he would leave, you know, I think once, like, maybe in the first two years of this, you know, battle we went through, I kicked him out, but it was not like, it was like for a weekend, I mean, literally just a few nights, I mean, it was the frustration of a lot of things going on at the time, you know, and like I said, this is, I'm going back years ago, and, um, (laughs) honestly, you know, thinking about my life, it's fucking cursed, I'm so convinced, there's no convincing me otherwise, (laughs) like, if I were to write a book, or tell the story, like, you know, nobody would fucking believe it, I mean, my family would, because they know, but, like, you know, a stranger off the street or anybody like say I wrote a book picked up a book would be like yeah this is not true it's like ugh, god I'm sure like millions of people feel that way but I'm telling you I'm like god's like sick joke or you know punching bags (laughs) I mean I, I if I don't laugh I'm just gonna cry about it so I mean what am I gonna do but anyway um, yeah, so three years ago, August, um, of 2020 was really rough. Um, I know I jump around, but it just, you know, uh, the date, you know, is coming up and, you know, it it just, it's hard. Like I can feel it without 
looking at a calendar. My body feels it like I'm kind of um, on an emotional roller coaster, and um, uh, you know these waves of the unexpected tears are happening a lot more. Um, you know, I I know I probably mentioned this. I probably mentioned like half of everything I say a thousand times before, but you know, I, I was talking to a friend tonight and I said, I, I don't, I, I'm never going to believe this. Like, I'm never going to believe this. I don't care what anybody says. Like, you know, my um, traumatic grief therapist, who I've, who I've talked to since, you know, um, she's died. She, you know, people are like, oh, well, you know, you have to go through acceptance and all these stages, which is bullshit. Okay. Because there's, you know, ugh, I, you know, I hate hearing the seven or the whatever many numbers, stages of grief. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but in the same sentence, they'll say, we all, are, you know, all our grief is our own, just like DNA, you know, everybody's grief is different, how they do it, how they feel it, you know, their coping mechanisms. And it's like, okay, it, ugh, you know, why do we have to have stages? Why do we have to have steps? Like, I don't, I hate that, you know, when people talk about that, you know, um, you know, I've told my therapist everything, you know, like how I'm never going to accept it. I'm never going to get over it. And she tells me all the time, well, that's fine. You don't have to, you know. Um, you know, surviving is what, you know, is what I'm doing. Like, I, everything about me, you know, the day Jace um, left this world has changed in me. I mean, I'm hollow. And, I mean, it doesn't mean that I don't love or care for people. But, like... You know, I don't smile the same. I don't laugh the same. I don't love the same. Like, I don't even cry the same. Um, It's maddening, you know. Because I'm trying to kind of get to know myself again after... um, 46 years, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I guess, become friends with myself, this new version of me, um, I mean, I, I can say, like, I feel like I'm not regressing as much as I used to feel, you know, with my emotions, I feel like I have really pushed, and it's hard because I do have to push myself forward in a more positive way in front of my children and especially my grandchildren. Um, I, and this is something recent that I've kind of discovered and worked on and focused on I would say since um the beginning of the summer because I have issues which is some sort of form of PTSD as my therapist explained like um I have issues leaving the house um 
not so much to do like local errands if need be I (laughs) usually will wait for my husband or you know I, I mean we don't it's not a lot for me to run out and do I mean my kids are almost all adults now you know um you know there's nothing I have to have you know we have all our basic living necessities so I mean um but yeah it's gotten easier for me to like you know run to the store um of course I keep it all as close as possible and I have to write a list 10,000 times, like, my OCD is insane, and, you know, it used to, I used to write lists, you know, that first year after Jace passed, um, going just to the grocery store that is literally less than a mile from my house, it would take sometimes an entire day, and I still wouldn't be able to go, you know, it was like, I'd pep talk myself, like, all right, okay, all right, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Here I go. Write my list. Let me rewrite my list. Let me write my list again. You know, and then I kind of pace around and get my purse and get my wallet, get my keys. Like, I mean, this went on for hours. And sometimes I didn't even (laughs) get anywhere. Like, I didn't make it off the porch even to my car. And um, so let's just say the fact that... (laughs) that went on for a little over a year I can't even I I I don't know how or when it subsided but it did you know thank god I mean could you imagine I mean I'm manic enough you know with leaving the house but um at least now I I kind of just do it you know I love going to my sister's house she lives a good 45 minutes away and um you know, that was such a feat to go and do holidays again. Um, as much as it was hard to do, I, you know, um, eventually got to the point where I was going, but, and I felt good. Like I wanted to be there. Like I struggle a lot with that in my head that, um, like I have a lot of guilt and I put a lot of pressure on myself and I, really um I'm my biggest critic you know so uh, you know I I guess I should be more positive you know when I'm critiquing myself or my actions or my behavior um but you know I really um I just I'm disgusted with who I am now like I'm not used to being this type of person I um I'm just not, you know, so, um, my, my confidence and, like, my pep talks, you know, (laughs) that I do, just, you know, I end up basically just feeling bad, you know, always, no matter what, doesn't matter if I was able to please one person, I am never happy with how my day went or how I dealt with a type of situation or anything like no matter what the outcome is I'm just like constantly disgusted um with who I am and how I am and having like 
these new stupid ticks, like, with the stuttering and the, um, confusion and the grief brain, they call it, which is a total real thing. I mean, it does sound ridiculous, but, um, you know, my mind just doesn't work the same. And it's not, um, like, somebody tried to ask me, like, oh, do you think you have, like, adult ADD or ADHD? And I'm like, absolutely not. Um, you know, when I say that my brain and thoughts are going like 10,000 miles a minute and, you know, texting or writing, even speaking, can't keep up with it. It's not the same as somebody who does struggle with ADHD because, um, you know, this was triggered by a trauma, you know, um, you know, of course it's traumatic to lose a child, but, you know, as I get into more detail of Jace's life and, and especially, um, how, you know, he, he was murdered and just the whole, you know, that whole story, um, there's like, another sense of trauma. It's like trauma on top of a trauma. And then knowing also that I'm never going to get justice in any way, shape, or form. Um, What goes on in my head isn't negative. It just, um, it's not, just basically not the same as somebody whose brain is constantly going with ADHD because their body's going too, where my body can sit here as idle as the slowest snail, slug, sloth, whatever in the world. You know, you could look at me and not realize like, you know, my brain's like, like spinning, (laughs) you know, like I could sit here and probably look asleep, (laughs) but, um, And, like, my thoughts aren't intrusive or, like, negative. You know, when I say my brain's constantly going, it's a thousand different things all at the same time. I'm constantly, you know, thinking about all my children. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, this time three years ago. Like, it's indescribable, honestly. Like... You know, and at the same time, I'm thinking about, you know, current things, you know, like things that I should be doing or getting done or like, you know, the constant critiquing of how disappointed I am with myself, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, that's how my brain works. It's like a fucking tornado of just people. Thank God your thoughts aren't loud or, you know, your brain can't like speak for itself out you know out loud because people would look at me and be like how do they not have padded rooms anymore and the hug me jackets for people like you (laughs) I mean like I've said it's maddening to live like this it's not you know on top of everything else it's so it's just a struggle you know um 
one of my sisters, you know, was such a feat. But like I said, after like, you know, a couple hours, I- I'm getting that overwhelming anxious feeling like, all right, we-, we got to go. You know, I hate that because, you know, she lives 45 or so minutes, you know, depending on who's driving <laughs> away and love going to her house. I love being there and I love being around her and, you know, my niece and my nephew and my brother-in-law. Like, I love to be around that environment. Plus, her house is amazing and she's got, like, especially in the summer with the pool and the hot tub and it's amazing all year round. But, you know, it's like everybody's, like, right smack dab in the middle of, you know, having a good time and here I am, like, we gotta go. We got to go, you know. (laughs) You know, I feel really bad about that because, you know, my sister will be like, but you're in a safe place. And it's like, okay, I get it. Like, I mean, she's a very kind and generous and giving person. And she'll be like, do you want to go lay down? And, you know, it's hard to explain. Like, it's not that, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know what the reason is, but I need to get home. Like, you know, (laughs) you have these, at first it was like unrealistic thoughts. Like, I know Corinne's gone. Oh, I'm sorry. I... Sometimes I go back to um, Jesus' birth name because we all know um, he was transgender, you know, born female um, and transitioned to uh, male. So sometimes if I say Corinne, it's just, you know, a a habit that I still have. I mean, for crying out loud, I did name the child, you know, so, (laughs) you know, he he started going by Jace. strictly like the last year of his life so he was like kind of like okay mom I know that I was giving you that lenience of the Corinne thing but um you're gonna have to start to change that you know it wasn't that I'm not supportive and you know you know subconsciously you know I didn't you know want him to be the way he was like I hate when people like you know get all stupid and nitpicky you know I didn't I respected you know his decision and um his way of life and living, uh, you know, it's just, hello, called the child Corinne for 25 years, so, you know, (laughs) but anyway, sorry for jumping again, um, you know, um, you know, when I get that, you know, when I would get that anxious, overwhelming feeling, it was like, I have to get home, because what if, you know, Jason comes home, like, what if, not like, you know, not for real, like I know reality, you know, and and that's not possible, but it was like, almost like, well, what if, like, he's trying to give a sign, you know, like, I mean, or for no reason, I wouldn't even have a reason, I just needed to be home, I still struggle with that, but like I said, this summer, I really worked on hard on it, and you know, if I don't push myself ever, you know, some people are like, well, you shouldn't force yourself. You should, you know, yeah, I know. But the thing is, is that I'm not, I mean, I I get it. I'm not really forcing myself. I'm kind of pushing positively, you know, my self, you know, in the ass, in the direction of doing something, you know, with my family, (laughs) And I'm putting on a brave face and I have to act a little bit more, you know, I mean, um, I can, I can still enjoy my family and, and grieve at the same time. Like, you know, the kind of grief never goes away, not this type of 
pain. Um, it kind of just becomes incorporated in all your feelings. It, it's there when you're happy. It's there when you're super excited. It's just always there, you know? I mean, it's just now like, you know, my invisible twin, you know, this shadow <laughs> is now connected, you know, to me. And I can't, you know, I can't let it just overcome me the way it kind of is, but not when I do have, you know, um, like, more so my grandkids, you know, because they're so young, and I see them every day, so, like, they need me, you know, to be their grandmother, <laughs> you know, I gotta remember, you know, I mean, yeah, and Gracie, you know, she's 16, and, um, you know, I need to be there for my family, I mean, basically, I'm gonna drag out what I'm trying to say, and when I can just say, like, basically, I just need to be here, like, whether I want to or not, I mean, it's not like, um, I don't want to be here, it's just, um, kind of changing my coping mechanisms a little bit more, um, you know, so anyway, that's what I've been doing, I've been, um, really stepping out of my comfort zone, you know, like, going down to the shore for the whole day, you know, even when I'm getting that overwhelming feeling of, shit, we got to go, you know, the kids are in the middle of playing in the ocean and halfway filled up to their eyeballs in sand, you know, I can't do that, you know, I have to kind of think of ways to, um, overcome the overwhelming anxiety, so, one way of doing that is trying to keep a little bit, um, more active and busy, so, like, when we would be on the beach, if I started to feel a little funky, I would say to my husband, like, you want to take a walk up and down the beach or something, or, like, um, the beach we went to, um, had, uh, activities at, they, they have, like, a kind of like a concession stand where the bathhouses are and stuff and there's like a restaurant bar up there too and they had free activities so like I would grab Bella and say hey you know you want to go and you know paint a seashell or like you know play one of their activity games up there like I just have to kind of distract myself basically so um another way also, I've been kind of positively pushing myself out of my own damn nest is, uh, my husband and I have, I think we have dates now every weekend, which is like so great. I mean, it's the one great thing about being grandparents because your kids are, you know, usually adults and almost out of your house, even if they do move back in with their kids, but, <laughs> um, you know, my youngest, like I said, is 16, so she's pretty self-sufficient, and, um, 
if she's not at work, you know, um, you know, she can kind of fend for herself if she needs to, but, you know, not like my husband and I are going away and just never coming back, but, you know, like, we've been hitting up new restaurants, like, every, um, Saturday, we'll go to, like, an area close by to us, and instead of going to the same places all the time, and just being, like, the same blah, 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 we've been just, you know, trying new things, and that's fun, and, um, uh, also with the grandkids, like, we've been hitting up, like, new state parks, you know, like, fun, free things to do in our community, or even, like, kind of right outside our community, um, that has, like, a lot of history and learning to it, but also really fun, like, we went to, um, this place called Playwiki State Farm, or, yeah, um, yesterday, and, oh my god, what an amazing, like, trip, first of all, we just kind of went to check it out, because we were just looking for things to do, and we happened to come across it online, or whatever, and, um, we definitely weren't dressed for any of the hiking trails, but we did do one, and I would say that even though these are, like, considered easy trails, um, they're pretty easy to moderate, like, you know, they're not exactly easy, but it, I'm telling you, that is definitely a place we will be going to again, and maybe even as often as possible, because, I mean, that was such a beautiful park and it's so nice and so clean and it, first of all I just couldn't believe that there wasn't more people there <laughs> I mean I you know when I go to places like this I'm like you know these places become my place if I like it like that's it like hey we're gonna have to come here more but um it's like nature at its purest it's so big it's like a mountain full of forest and then um we saw we were walking by, like, heading off to the trail that we ended up doing. And it was me and my husband and um, our two older grandkids, Bella and Noah. And, like, right all of a sudden, like, right to the side of us was two baby deer. I mean, like, right there. And I just said to the kids, I'm like, Shh, just be real quiet. Because remember, this is their home. You know, we don't want to frighten them, you know. Um but they got, they, the, they were not afraid at all. They, like, walked out. I mean, they were so close. I mean, it was almost as if we could just walk over and pet them. They were literally, like, an, a little further than arm's length away. And then the trail we did, you know, um, that we weren't prepared for, <laughs> you know, we were in there. And then all of a sudden, there's, like, this little cove area and then that had to be the mom I don't know well maybe it wasn't I mean like I said this place is big and there's probably tons of deer but then we see like this you know female deer full-grown deer like just sitting there and I mean we were even so close to her like we walked by you know I mean I told the kids like just relax you know don't be crazy just walk by you know and like I remember my grandson saying like she's gonna charge us <laughs> I mean she was just laying down like but I'm like, yeah, no, she's probably not. She'd probably run off, hopefully, first. But even before we got to the park, like, right before we pulled into the park, um, we saw a buck eating off of, like, one of the trees. I was like, holy shit. You know, like, we saw um, people, um, I guess, who, there's a um, horse uh, ranch close by. They, like... They, they must have been their, their horses, like, you know, that they owned 
four horses like just walked right by us. It was like the best unplanned day. And I felt really, actually, I, I've got to say, um, I felt really good about pushing myself. I think that's probably the best I felt. Um, I, and God knows, like, how long. You know, like, getting out. I mean, yeah, I've been getting out with, with the family. But, like, this, like, just seeing, like, like you know, the like, the animals. And, like, we went through a trail that... I mean, is looked barely touched, barely trekked on. You know, we were like in the depth of the woods, you know, like it just like it just felt good. You know, this was the kind of stuff Jace even liked. I mean, you know, Noah even mentioned, you know, um, how much he was having fun. Like he, you know, and plus like, you know, my grandkids are nine and seven, you know, Noah's nine and Bella's seven. And they're kind of at that age where they want to learn, you know, like this is neat and amazing. Like they're smart kids and they're absorbing everything. So it's like we got them out of the house, um, doing something different, you know, otherwise what would they have done? Like sat home and like, been on a video game or god knows you know youtube or whatever they do like you know it just felt good it you know we learned a little bit of history about you know the farm and the people who settled there and you know um but like i said it was kind of like a whim trip um so, yeah, we're definitely going to spend a day there. Like, a good day. Kind of put the hammocks up and picnic and, like, really do the trails. And we'll actually have sneakers on, you know, and be dressed properly. <laughs> and probably wait until the weather gets a little bit cooler because it was hot as shit. And, like, you know, <sighs> there was funky-ass bugs. You know, you're sweating, which attracts them. So, you know, I constantly felt like, you know, I had something sucking on some part of my body. I was like, yeah, you know, I definitely want to do this again. I definitely want to do it, you know, in the cooler weather when I can wear long pants <laughs> and some sneakers. But it was great. Um, but anyway, Noah um, had mentioned, like, how much he liked it and how, you know, he's like, Jace used to always take me through the woods, <laughs> which, like, they consider the woods is, like, um just like little off wooded areas of our neighborhood and like you know going to like a local creek or something you know um places they really shouldn't be going but you know it was our local nature I guess you could call it <laughs> but oh yeah Jace um well, I mean I know I mentioned it before um just everybody feels this way about their children but I'm telling you I feel like I could I feel like I could if I could reach out right now to everybody who ever met him, it would be so much easier to make everybody understand, like, how, like, truly unique and different he was. Um, just in everything. <clears throat> as, like, an individual, as a person, as... Um, just in every way, you know, just, 
I feel like, you know, I feel like people who are made that way are taking from us for whatever unknown reason way too early, you know? Um, a cousin of mine who lives in Florida, um, <clears throat> I remember, um, you know, uh, she, her brother, which was my other cousin, uh, was also 25 when he died. And, um, her and I have been in touch a lot since, um, well, a lot since Jace died, but, you know, we started getting, you know, trying to be in touch a little bit more, um, after my parents, uh, died, and, um, we were, at, you know, we got together, it was, like, one of the family reunions that, you know, I think, uh, Bella was a baby, you know, um, but, um, if, you know, um, she, like, you know, I live in Pennsylvania, and she's lived in Florida, you know, our whole lives, but, you know, we kind of grew up in the summers together, <laughs> you know, um, I went to Florida every year, and she's about a year older than me, but, you know, um, when Corinne died, I'm sorry, when Jace <laughs> died, um, you know, I, I couldn't have been more grateful for her to reach out, you know, um, she's just wonderful, um, of course I love her, she's my cousin, but, um, you know, <laughs> I, not that I, I mean, I wouldn't forget Jake, you know, her brother, but, like, I just, it felt good to hear somebody else talk about, like, what they have gone through, you know, um, with losing somebody, especially at 25 years old, like, that, I feel like, like, that's just, your life is just starting to begin, to honestly, like, you're finally realizing, like, you're an adult, and, and, you know, you're finding your path in life, and, like, you know, I remember saying to her, um, <clears throat> how different Jace was, and, like, what a unique person, and, like, I described many different, like, scenarios, and, um, and, like, how, you know, Jace was the glue, like, the glue to his siblings. I mean, our family dynamic is never going to be the same, I feel like, without him. I mean, he held it together as silly and immature as, you know, he was. Um, he held that, you know, oldest sibling authority in a way. Um, but, like, in a non-confrontational way. Um, even if, like, the situation was a little, you know, tense, but, you know, I remember my cousin saying to me, um, about her brother, uh, who was 25, she said, you know, Jake was the same way, different, like, really different and unique, and, like, you know, just, you know, she's the one who, who kind of brought to my attention, like, they're the ones who are always taken from our lives too soon, you know, like, just from the world too soon, you know, and it's like, you know, um, well, you know, if there's a God, hey God, why do that to us? Like, why make these people and then take them? Like, 
you know, it's like, it, it feels like, what have I done or who was I in a past life or something that this has got to be hell now. This is my hell. Like, I must have been some, you know, I'm thinking like, shit, I must have been Lizzie Borden or something. So now I'm brought back to have this unique, you know, relationship, you know, with some, with who I created and love beyond words and life itself to have this happen to me. Like, that's how it feels. Like, this is hell. Who, like, this is hell for whoever or whatever I was before. If that makes sense. <laughs> um, like, it's sick. Um, it's so, like, I hate saying this because I hate when I hear other people, you know, piss and moon about some bullshit and then it's not fair. Like, you know, but it's so fucking not fair. It's so, it's like cruel. It's me. It's just horrible. You know, I'm, I'm very on the fence with, um, um, everything basically when it comes to like the afterlife if there is one you know um you know religion I'm on the fence with not that I don't believe in anything I mean come on like there's got to be something I none of us is ever going to know what it is until we get there or what it isn't you know until we get there but um I would like to think that there you know our loved ones who had such a purpose and, and meaning in our lives, who have passed on, are with us somehow, some way. I mean, depending, I guess, on your relationship or how close you were with people who you lost, like, I mean, like, that love, I mean, can't not still be like I mean not just from you but like from the other side you know I um I I think of things you know where people have said to me like that was a sign totally a sign like how are you kind of on the fence or like thinking otherwise you know to certain things that have happened you know before um Jay's passed you know like they were like that's like your mom or your dad you know reaching out to you like how are you guessing how are you second guessing well because I'm not sure if it's coincidence or I'm not sure like you know what I mean like I feel like I just you know I feel like I would know but (laughs) you know it sounds ridiculous too at the same time like how would I know like I just question everything, but, um, I, um, (laughs) I just can't stop thinking about, like, just, just not even losing Jace. Like, my, like, I lost, I feel like I just lost, um, my core, you know, my core people too close together even though it was like a nine-year span it um I it it felt back to back to back you know um it's like well yeah I 
I have other kids, but like, you know, maybe it's this time of year, you know, right now, um, there's a lot of tension and a lot of, um, hard feelings going around right now. You know, I feel like, um, (laughs) I feel like my kids, like, I mean, maybe not so much Gracie because she's the youngest, but like Madison and Lauren, I feel like they just don't even like me. I, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, Lauren's done a lot and has been there, but, you know, I know she's struggling. Um, I also feel like, I don't know, I know therapy's not for everybody, but, um, with the traumatic grief therapy, um, nobody else here did it, you know? Uh, and, you know, I, I never thought I was the type of person who you know, would rely on a therapist. Um, not that I'm against it at all, because I really believe in it, you know. Um, I guess it just depends on where you're at in life and um, your situation, you know. Um, <clears throat> I don't know what I would have done without my therapist. And I'm so grateful for her because I still have her. Um <clears throat> I just, um, I just wish everybody else in the house would have given it a chance because, um, I, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of, um, just, um, things that maybe could have helped them now, like, especially with Lauren, you know, her and um, Jace were, they grew up like twins. They were 20 months apart and like each other's best friend to the end. I mean, they grew up, you know, so close together. They never fought as kids. Never fought as kids, believe it or not. Um, as adults, yeah, um, a lot had to do with Jace's uh, substance use. And, you know, <clears throat> I think Lauren was the one who gave the tougher love when it came to that. Um, but, um... You know, it's just, I think, um, you know, sometimes you need somebody like a, um, like my grief therapist helped me even to grieve. Although I, I can tell even still when I'm in touch with her, she would like me to kind of dig a l- little deeper down because of all the anger, you know, that I hold it. I, and we've discussed how it kind of, um, doesn't let me get to the pit in my stomach of it but I um still feel like I rely on that and I deserve the anger that I have um which brings me to the whole point of why I wanted to do this episode Jesus Lord you know now I have what like nine minutes left but anyway um so part of this boiling anger that I have, and it's not even about, well, I mean, part of it of it has to do with just never getting justice, but um, one main part of it is the man who did this. Um, you know, um, <laughs> just a vile, disgusting human being, okay, in every 
which way and form. His name is Kevin Tremel. Tremel. Kevin Tremel. And he's like 52, 53 now. Um, you know, he thinks he's a big time fucking local pimp. You know, a drug, a- or a drug dealer or whatever the fuck he thinks he is, okay? Like, you want to talk about the biggest pussy that ever lived in the world. It's him. Because let me tell you, he had never really been in trouble until, you know, other involvement that was going down and, you know, oh, it's so hard to explain in such a little bit of time, but around the time that I had FBI detectives come to my house, it was a month after um, Jace passed, I had FBI detectives come to my house to tell me, like, you know, your child was murdered, and, like, I could feel, like, that whole time, like, thank you for finally, like, you know, justifying that I knew something was wrong because, um, you know, that month I was just like stumped. Like I kept saying, you know, something's not right. Something's not right. And, you know, um, that's, you know, they knew it was Kevin. Um, you know, they were like explained how, you know, they couldn't tell me the whole big thing that they were after but how he was involved and how they knew that he killed uh jace and um you know um the point is you know he got busted and in trouble for other things and um since he was a rat and ratted out to the fbi detectives the person that they were looking for to put into federal prison, you know, they decided to give him a minimum sentence with only uh, drug dealing, possession, whatever charges, and drop everything else. And then they wiped his record clean after serving a minimal sentence for that because he is considered a CI for Ben Salem Police Department. What a bunch of crock of shit. So... This is what I don't understand. You had all this information. You came to me. Alright, I get it. You're after this big fish. Like, but wouldn't you get so much more respect and like sleep better at night knowing that you were able to catch a whole bunch of little fish at the same time? Like, (laughs) it's... You know, and this man is still doing this. This is this was the purpose. This was supposed to be the purpose <laughs> of my episode. Um, um, I found out last night, because uh, now it's morning, um, where he is. Like, where he's been staying and what he's been doing. And guess what? Same old shit. You know, he's thinks he's big pimping, you know, prostituting out, you know, these young girls from these ratty, trashy, you know, um, strip clubs where, you know, he preys on women who, young women who are in recovery houses. Like, what a sick fuck, you know? And, And this man's still alive, and he's still out. And, you know, I found out, too, that, like, six months ago, he got pulled over for drug possession, but was let go. Because he gives up people, like, you know, being the CI. Like, bullshit. You know, um, 
one of the things he did, I mean, obviously, I'm just totally disgusted and will never get over, you know, what, you know, him taking Jace's life. But about two weeks before he did that, you know, um, this is how much he didn't even know what kind of person Jace was. Now, he knew that he was transgender, born female and all that. But, like, you know, these are paranoid people who are afraid of who's going to say what. And, um... I gotta get a, he got a paranoid feeling, and, um, he beat Jace bad, um, I mean, it even showed in his, uh, x-rays through, during the autopsy, like, the facial fractures, and how it did cause brain damage, and, uh, that was two weeks before, you know, he killed him, and, um, <laughs> that bothers me a lot, because, I mean, you could say boo to Jace, and he'd be like, yep. Um, you know, that relationship with that prostitute who this guy Kevin was involved with and who lied to Jace um, was over. Uh, but they were afraid of what Jace might have known. And, um, um, you know, that beating, you know, and the, and seeing him look the way he did that last couple, you know, um, makes me sick. Like, I would love, love to take a baseball bat right to his face. I wouldn't care. Like, I mean, I'm not talking about killing the man. I'm just talking about breaking his fucking face. Like, what an, like, the, Jesus was a beautiful person inside, but especially out, like, this, one in a million smile. It just, uh, you know, um, you know, when he came home that final week and he was beaten, he, he said, um, he was beaten unconscious and left in a hotel room for two days. And he said, I thought I was blind and I would come in and out of consciousness, um, in my own piss and vomit. <laughs> now, if you're a mother or a father or just a compassionate human being, like, how does that not sit well? You know, um, for anyone, I, um, I mean, I'm not putting on, you know, a podcast like this big threat but like you know I, I feel like I knew I'd eventually find out where he is and what he's doing or cross paths this man before I die but and I'm not saying like oh yeah I'm gonna go out like you know fucking Al Pacino <laughs> you know <laughs> um and Scarface and like you know shoot this man up like no definitely not obviously uh you know I'm uh, you know but it's like um hopefully I'll be witness to some sort of sweet redemption you know from a higher power at least I don't know <laughs> it's it's weird um well, my time is almost up with a few seconds, and I'm always getting cut off because I don't know when to shut up. So I'm going to end it here, and um, 
definitely pick up um, on this topic again. So thanks for listening, everybody. And sorry for blah, blah, blah. <laughs>